Hi, this is Ken Scott, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All, the radio show right here uh, on the internet that's here to inform and entertain you. And sometimes on the radio. Sometimes on the radio, too. Hey, Shout out to WQEE. Hey, right, in Atlanta. The best music variety. Anyhow, I am your moderator for this show. I'm Mitch Axelrod, and joining me... Thankfully, as they always do, are Rob Leonard and Tony Chiguardo. And today we are going to talk about, you know, we've done a bunch of songs and song meanings and important 45s in the history of the Beatles as a group. Uh, we actually haven't done them as solo, which we should think about sometime, Good guys. Point. But um, we were thinking, you know, what single can we talk about, because we like doing it, that was really important, you know, and we, and we sat there, the three of us are trying to think about things to do, and we thought, oh, maybe Day Tripper, we could work it out, but that wasn't as important as like a Strawberry Fields Penny Lane, which we did, yep. or a Hey Jude Revolution, which we've done. You know, and there's really, if you go through all the Beatles singles, yes, they may be double A sides, like we could work it out, Day Tripper, and others like I Want to Hold Your Hand, but Alan Cozen covered I Want to Hold Your Hand pretty well. Yeah. So we, we came up with two 45s, back and front, A and B Does that side. make them an EP? I'm sorry, I'm kidding. Anyway, these four songs on these 245s are really important, and we didn't even think about it until we really delved into why. So let's tell what they are. The 45s that we're going to talk about, The Ballad of John and Yoko backed with Old Brown Shoe, and then the next release, which was... Something back would come together. Or if you lived in Canada, you got come together back with something and go find that label because it's kind of rare because come together was the A-side. Yeah. And you want to add for those who are younger, back in those days on Apple Records, the A-side oh, meant sorry, it was right. the green apple, the, you know, the green yeah, outer right. side of the, the apple. The full apple. The full apple. And the, the B-side was the apple cut in half was Sliced. the white side. The right. I, you know, it's so funny that we actually have to say that. but We you, do, you, but yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And it's not yeah. even that young because, really, when did singles leave? In the 90s? Yeah, but the And apple, by then they weren't on But app, the right. apple wasn't stopped in, what, 76, 76? I think. Yeah, yeah right. Picked up on capital, the orange capital. So that's a long orange time capital, already. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I, I can't believe we were And the only way that you could differentiate at that point was, was by looking at the serial number. Right, yeah. Right. So, you know, and on some changed. singles, because Apple was, you know, a weird company, you'd get full apples on both. Right. Well, it was that, very right. kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't just because it was a double A. It was just because someone got lazy. Right. But <laughs> right. in any case, we're going to talk about why these two were very important. But the first thing we actually want to say, and these two 45 releases have no Paul McCartney songs for the first time, especially this time when the Beatles were sort of dissolving slowly and... You know, John wasn't around that much, and Paul was trying to take over as boss. You would think that his songs would always get on the 45, and Yoko always said, he, he got the A-sign, and everybody said... Well, right, and that's what's interesting, too, is that we do always hear that. Did Yoko really say he pulled You know, in one of the documentaries, I think she did say it. She okay. did, yeah, but, okay. and, and it's really interesting that she did say that, because by the time she came into the picture... These were the next couple of... You know, I mean, yeah, okay, you got right. Lady Madonna, and but... These were the singles. I know, but supposedly... So there's an irony there. That, for a person that didn't know the Beatles, you know, she must have went back to all the books and said, oh, Paul has A-sides. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, but it's pretty funny. It's sort of like by the time she was in and right. and really there to observe it, Paul wasn't necessarily Well, John also complained about it a lot, too. Well, it was Hey... Interviews. Yeah, probably. So that's it was Hey Jude, I mean, really for her, and sort of. Well, yeah, right. Hey Jude. That's, but, that's true. Yeah. But that's just Well, one. and Hey Jude was seven minutes, so that counted as, as more than three one. Singles. As three yeah. singles. <laughs> but we are calling this, uh, Tony had the name of <laughs> Paul McCartney, you know, no seven inches or seven <laughs> inches for no Paul. Hey, right. you know, <laughs> no, because a single for you, old baby, a seven inch single, you know. No 45 for Beetle Paul. <laughs> well, yet no seven inches for Beetle Paul. No, no 45 <laughs> for Beetle Paul. No 45? Not until Woman no, Why. No, very good. Um, that's good. But the truth is, Ballad of John and Yoko, Old Brown Shoe, John and George. Same thing with the next one. And really, until we started George talking and John. about it. Well, yeah. But I never even looked at it that way. I didn't I, either. When you brought that up to me the other day, I said, oh my, it's right. But you know what? I, th I think there's a real reason that's never been mentioned. And this is just something I've observed over the years. Think about what happened in January of 69. You know, Paul's trying to get the band 
back together, so to speak, because let's be honest, on the White Album, he did a lot of solo stuff. People yeah. forget that. And I think he missed playing with the other guys and you know, then Get Back turned into what it became. They released Get Back, Don't Let Me Down as the single, but he still wants the band to be there. You know, he's still trying to say, okay, you know, I, I still want to play with you. At, at the same time, here comes Alan Klein into the picture, right around the same time. So, so do you think that Paul purposely stepped back and let these I think he didn't fight for the A-side or any side. Because he wanted the Beatles to remain. Yeah, I think he was pulling That's back. That's a nice point. Because I think it was a, a possible, like, a peacekeeping Yeah, thing? wait, and, 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 and if you think about what happened at, in 70 when it all split apart and how angry and depressed he was... Because I think yeah. this was his way of saying, hey, guys, I'm willing to work with you, and let's do it. You know, I won't have to have every A-side, you know, because he was having A-sides for a while. So, so after I, that, I always thought. let it be in Long and Winding Road, would just after the band really were gone yeah, already? Yeah, at that point. So at that point, he was like, hey, And, and actually, <laughs> the Long and Winding Road was only released in the United States. And, and it really wasn't Paul's choice. But, uh, yeah. And, but it was an obvious and, and that's one of the songs he sued the other three about, you know? It's yeah. like, and, of course, yeah. they put it out as a single. Well, so. Let It Be had but, to be a single because yeah, the movie. Right, but, right, what's interesting but, when it comes to concessions, and this is something that... Um, that's an interesting point, Rob. Is, ...is questionable with anything with regards to their catalog, is that in a Lenin comment that's not necessarily public knowledge, he makes a comment to Paul where... He's talking about Paul songs that frustrated the band. Right. Mm. And he says to him, well, why did you waste our time? Why didn't you just put them out as bloody singles and and not worry about us working on them for the album? You know, you would just throw the stuff out on the singles and we worry about putting the quality stuff on the albums. And that's interesting because here he is saying- As that, a Beatles single though? As a Beatles single. Even if they weren't on it? No, in other words... Because you said they were frustrated by him. He said they would have just, you know, why didn't you put it out as a single? I guess where he was going was maybe... This comment from John came probably after they had recorded Ballad of John and Yoko, you know, maybe. And and you have to wonder whether or not John was taking this kind of mental thought that... Like, first of all, Old Brown Shoe was rejected by the Beatles. The demo was rejected. George recorded the demo and the Beatles turned it away early on. So... Definitely your idea of, of Paul kind of making a concession, maybe, and saying, think about All right, old, you know what, you want to do that one? The thing about you know, the ballad of John and Yoko, you know, John comes in with the song he just wrote. He wants to record it really fast, the way John likes to record. And who's the only guy who helps him? Paul. Paul. Well, let's talk about that. Because and he also allowed it to cut off, uh, even though it hit number one, Get Back was rising on the charts, and here comes the ballad of John and Yoko, released you know, a month later or something. And, and- it was the actually the final UK number one single for the Beatles. Right. UK, I I can't let it be. Didn't go number one in the UK. No, I mean that's that's so odd because it's actually you know the song the single itself. Um, this was also the first single in stereo in the UK, which is really so it had no mono mix. Right. Which is kind of interesting as well. Yeah, but, any existing monos on any of the uh, out-of-country Hey Judes or Fold Downs. There is yeah, no yeah. true mono right. of this, despite the fact that there are mono Hey Judes floating around. And, and so, like you said, it's April 14th of 69, and John brings this to Paul, and they record it that night. Right. And as we were saying off mic, you know, when it comes to like something and, and all that... Or even uh, forgot it was old brown shoe. The flip side, they only record that two days later, as you're right, saying, right. and they could have waited for George to come back from you know the, from holiday. I, I know what John was doing. He was very. It was about him. He was excited. It, think, he did that later with yeah. Karma. That's what I was going to say. Think that about it. One that's, minute, right? Know? That's the beginning of John's um, spontaneity or whatever. Spontaneity it was. song production as news. When it came later, with some time in New York City. John was using music to report the news of what was out there. This was John's news. Right. He, was, so this he wrote was it just, while he was in Paris. Right. So this was a personal, this was John's personal news story. So as, a, as an really. importance, so, as a thing of importance or a detail of importance, is that good or bad? Well, you know what it did do? It stopped rumors from circulating. As to how, what the story, oh, he with, told with the story. John, right. He told the actual real story. Right. 
So you know what? There it is. No one's going to say, well, well, gee, John and Yoko got married. Well, what happened? Well, what was this? Only What's the, uh... There it is. It's out there. We did it. Here's the deal. And it's Ring- in the song. Ringo and George there. are not on it. G- George is on holiday. Ringo's filming The Magic Christian. But still, I, I get it. And that's an important thing in, in the later part of John's career. This was the first time he went in and said, I, I need to do something today. And then sure. two years later, did it again. But if you think about it, he was John was never exclusionary towards George or Oh, towards, no, no, no. It, no, he wasn't anything, doing it on purpose. That's what I mean. He yeah, just, that's if, what they were, if they were home, he would have had the Beatles on well, the record. You know, right. I also got to remember, something happened between John and George, and it has to do with the Maharishi, because there's a lot of tracks... That John doesn't play on, or John get kicked off on, like well, yeah, I mean, like old brown shoe. Well, yeah, John's on it originally, right? Well, we'll, we'll get to that after. Then they they've also always talked in whether or not it's true or not that there was an, some alleged punch up between the two of them at some point, which everyone's denied. Yeah, everyone's always denied. But, some, but I, I I've always thought that the Maharishi thing, the Maheshyoki, that John felt that since it was George's push for it, in many ways. Though the others went along with it and agreed to it, that John felt disappointed that it ended up the way it did, and, and sort of since it was George's idea in the beginning, sort of blamed him. And that's why I've I always don't know if the, I, I don't know. I've always felt that I've never really read much about it. I mean, that's pure speculation. But at, at the same time, down the road, something was chosen as the B side or the A side, however you want to look at by it, by John. By John. John said that's a beautiful song. No, John. You mean. It, something was pushed to be the A right. side yeah, by, by John. John. Yes. By John. Let's yeah. clarify that, yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't really know that until, of all places... Yoko talked about Yoko it. Yoko talked about it on Larry King when they did the love special. Was, yeah. was the four of them. I thought Olivia, Olivia, no, Olivia, Olivia didn't Olivia And Olivia wouldn't it. know that because... She wasn't, you know, anywhere, she, near she right. wasn't anywhere near the, the picture. And she goes, I didn't know that. And, and I, I'm saying to us, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, right. And so... Right. But you weren't married to George, so you didn't. He could have been. Have or I wasn't married to Yoko either. That's true, right? Uh, but I, I, I was. Despite I the rumors, know yes. you know what though? <laughs> Paul was very leery of the lyrics because you know Paul was Mister Nice Guy, and and Christ is in these lyrics. But he did it anyway to appease his friend. And like I've said many times, the one question I would love to ask Paul now, if, if we had the chances, you know, with all the animosity of from you. And the others of Yoko being in the bed and then this and that in the studio and even on the picture sleeves, which we'll get right. to. When he well, it's silly you, to have not had Yoko on that sleeve. On that sleeve, definitely. Understood. Right. But with all the animosity that seemed to be, or at least the perception of it. I think the only perception was by John. But anyway. Maybe. I think you're right. You're right. Definitely. But again, that we've always heard from John very loudly. Oh, they hated Yoko. They did. But... All of a sudden, Paul, who you would think, oh, my God, is losing his partner, is now on the song about John and his new partner. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of weird. But it is. I still it would is, like it to isn't. hear you know, his answer to how did you feel going in there? Was it just another recording session? or It probably was because, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. the more you hear of the Let It Be sessions, and I always go back to that mammoth conversation between Paul McCartney and, and Michael Lindsay Hogg. During the Let It Be sessions, I wish I could pinpoint the date. I think it's either the 19th or the 20th. He's going on at length about how, you know, I, I they're in love. You know, I don't want to see them be parted. I don't want to see them. Look at him. This is my best friend, and he's in love. And, you know, we got to, I can't be down on that. Yeah, and but he's not going to publicly come out and say he's in love, but he's breaking up the band. No, he's not. But he wasn't, that wasn't public. No, that but at that time, it wasn't maybe the thought of... The band breaking up wasn't there yet. It was. Oh, at that, no at that point, in that same conversation, Paul actually... But maybe it would have broke up differently. It would that, have. That's what I think. It would have, absolutely. But at that point, he he's blatantly discussing right. with Michael Lindsay Hogg the breakup. They're even that's planning Linda, to do right, it on worldwide Linda, television. Right. Just, that, that's <laughs> Linda's thing when she goes, that's not yeah, beautiful. That's not beautiful, right? right. That's so not you, nice. That's but not I, nice. Yeah. You know what? I, Let's break up. I, I'm I, read right. that, oh. I read that Alan Klein book that came out a couple of years ago. I've never wrote it. And... You know what? It's, let's be honest. Alan Klein becoming the manager of the Beatles is what really broke the Beatles up. It wasn't John yes. falling in love yeah. with Yoko or Paul falling in love with Linda or and the, the, drug. Well, the you know fact what, that maybe that they were at the end of the line anyway. Right. It's Alan Klein coming in and yeah. and it is. He, it is, he but is. also John but you know what? with the drugs John, and, and, and uh, the heroin didn't help either. It's also to me. It has always been it. And don't get me wrong. Alan Klein was a jerk, but. 
Alan Klein was a scapegoat. Yoko was a scapegoat. Yep. Everybody else had to do the dirty work because John wasn't man enough to just step up and say, I'm really done. He well, could he say it in his did. meeting. He said it in a the meeting. meeting and, then, and, and then he got said, talked out Paul, of it. Both of them said, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If you really want to do it, you're not going to get talked out of it that easily. Yeah, well. Yeah. And so, you know, true. with all due respect, and, and that's with all due respect to John, you know, but uh, I'm sorry. I agree. You, you know, I agree with yeah. that. So, as we've read... There's references to the other two when they're playing, you know, when John says, come on, faster, Ringo. Right. And he says, okay, George, you know, <laughs> kidding around. Yeah, that's Obviously, fine. it's fine. I, you know you know what I got to wonder about, though? What? This is George, well, George Martin, who's gone from a good chunk of Let It Be. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And now here he is. He's in for this session, obviously. And is he? Yeah. Jeff Emmerich is yeah. engineering. Jeff George Emmerich, is right. producing. Yeah. yeah. He's back. But here's George producing this. And... You have to wonder, there had to be a little bit of a degree of George Martin going, well, I'm in here with the two real Beatles. Like, I, I don't mean to be mean, but, you know, George George is kind of like, oh, well, here, I'm in with the geniuses of the group now. The songwriters you know, of the, the group. The songwriters, mwahaha. Yeah, know. and then you hear, Christ, and, you know it ain't easy. <laughs> no, but, you know. Yeah, there's genius. But, but George Martin helped Let's them to it, produce a, a, line, a funky track. You know, he helped yes. them make a funky track. But you have to wonder what was going through George Martin's head, and I'm I'm joking in a way, but it's like there had to be part of George Martin that was just thinking, well, George and Ringo aren't here. This can't be good. Like well, that, that's you know, what I was just about to say. Not yeah. that we're here with the geniuses. Yeah. This can't be good. What's the future of the Beatles right. now? Because two of them are recording, and it's going to come out as a single. Mm. So right. bunch of stations, as we know, it didn't play it because the Christ references. Yes, right. of course. It's the first song I think that didn't hit some of the and, big, and big no, songs. And I should say when it appeared on music scene, they actually cut the word Christ yes. out. Yes. And yes. if yeah. you've ever seen it, it, it's, it is the worst edit you'll well, ever see. Well, it's like Ruddles. It's, it's worse funny. than the Ruddles. And here's the fun part. It was banned in Spain. Right. That's the weird part. Because. Well, it wasn't banned. They had a problem They had with a it. problem with it in Spain because when he says we'll get married, we can get married in Gibraltar near Spain. Spain was in was still in a conflict over the argument of who Gibraltar belonged to, whether it was Spanish or English. Right. Uh, you know, which is Spain ridiculous. As long as it, you know, you're being made famous in the song by the Beatles. Right. Shut well, up and play right, it. Exactly. But people are going to come to Gibraltar <laughs> near Spain. But this was Generalissimo Francisco Franco, who is, by the way, still dead. Still dead. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. And and as you remember, Al Cap with the whole thing with John. Still and, dead. Right. Still. Thank <laughs> <Sorry>. goodness. <laughs> thank. So, what a jerk. But just explain the Al Cap Well, thing. no. Al Cap had issues with the lyrics of of that. And he yes. was at the bed in yes. the second bed in, I think. He was Well, he was all pushing over. Pushing on. Uh, yeah. yeah. But he was also all over John about everything, everything. at that point. Well, yeah. Like and, that other, the feminist one, you know. Oh, yeah. dear boy, you can't imagine. Gloria Emerson. Gloria right. Emerson, yeah. You, you, yeah, right. Um, so there She are, did have a point. To, a, to an extent. But, yeah, but she made it very poorly. Yes, yes she could yeah, have easily had a nice intellectual argument a, without trying to yeah. intellectualize better than John. Like yes. She always had to be, you know, she, John she was felt, actually coming, I'm sorry if you didn't she, like the hard day. Yeah. And she was just like, oh dear boy. She was very up, uh, snooty. Oh, yeah, she well. was a king size super meha meha biatch. <laughs> <laughs> South Park makes its return. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's Cartman. Come on. Okay, I wasn't sure. Aaron Kyle's mom. He just stopped um, in. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so let him up to the microphone. You know the importance of that song. Then we we flip that over, and you get Old Brown Shoe. A lot of people. This song is a so, throwaway. Wait, are we done no. with Ballad of John and Yoko? We're not. No, I just wanted to mention this. Sure. You were talking about having the problem with the Christ bit, and oh, I, think yeah. I think it's kind of funny in a way that. John actually went out of his way and reached out to Tony Bramwell. The exact memo he sent to Tony Bramwell read, Tony, no pre-publicity on Ballad of John and Yoko. Oh, yeah. Tony Bramwell was the right. Beatles' Apple's right. publicist. Uh, no, Especially the Christ bit, so don't play it round too much or you'll... Frighten people. Get it pressed first. Yeah, he, he he knew what he was writing. Well, I mean, because of the whole it. controversy and a few just, years earlier. Not just that, because of of Apple exercising its final right to veto with two virgins, and making him go get it done at Tetragrammaton. So the truth is, even that line, get it pressed first. Yeah. What it meant was get Apple to make the record first. Right. Then then, publicize then it. they're they're stuck. They pressed five hundred thousand of them. Then they'll deal with it. He was so concerned that Apple could actually turn around and just say no and veto the record. Now, who would have been Apple at that point? Paul's on it, but 
it, it, as we know, Apple was a four-headed monster. If he no, George, not then. It was even more. It was it was really also Derek Taylor, and also it was well, a bigger monster. It was a much bigger but monster. The four, right. There's four people that make the decisions. There's four principles, but still, though, Derek Taylor could right, right. anybody in Apple, Apple was, or at least no. challenge and say what, what's going on. And he was not the business it is now. Yeah, that's now Dick Apple James was out. No, I'm, Apple was a lot looser. Now it's it was, the four it was principles. A hippie, it was a no, where I'm going, but though, back it was then looser. it really wasn't the four-headed monster. It really was at Apple, whomever it was, it could easily just say, hey, guys, right. enough. Right. I don't right. think that's going to go. Well, it was looser, but at the same time, because of the time that it was, it was tighter. I know what you mean. It was it was looser in a, in a corporate format. but Yes. The, it's not like the four Beatles had to say, what do you think of this Christ? You right. know it ain't easy. Oh, right. I, have to, I say let it go. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's a good point. Whoever the president of Apple was. Ron Cass? I don't Ron Cass, yeah, Ron yeah, Cass. You're right. And, and that you're was, absolutely right. I guess, you know, they yeah. would make the decision. Yeah. And and also probably in in conjunction with the U.S. people. Right. You had to have U.S. distribution too, right? Correct. Exactly. Because U.S. Yeah. really was where... Well, the, f- the fact that John wanted this as a single, you know, and then it never went anywhere. You know, it wasn't put on... The next album was Abbey Road, and it wasn't on Let It Be, and mm. it sort of just sat there for a while. Well, and a, so did the flip side. Right. Old and that Old Brown Shooting was right. not on anything either. Was right. the Christ line, and I, I am just speculating here, was the Christ line potentially sabotage? No. No. Don't you don't no. think so? No. I mean, I know it was, it was three years later, but I, it was still I, only honestly, three years after. He was still nervous by the memo. Right. Yeah. By, by, by use of that, by sending that memo, he was nervous. But I don't think it was sabotage because by that time, you know, '66 and the Bible Belt in America different. And '69. Yeah, '69. Yeah, you're talking about you already had up against the wall, mother. Yeah. Well, you also well, have yeah. you know a different president. You have a different attitude. It's a different time. Of the, different the president. War. You had Nixon. Yeah, but in '66 you had Johnson. Oh, yeah. Right. So. I'm but talking also, about here in the States. Yeah, so right. I think part of it had to do with the fact that it just everything had changed. So much had changed. I mean, just the fact that the Smothers Brothers were on the television in, in the United States in, in, in 69. A lot more you were getting. You know, you, there was a sort of a youth movement happening that really wouldn't happen more towards the 70s. But it was it was starting to kick in and things were just looked at a little differently. I think people grew up a little. And, a little and the word Christ was not going to bother them in a song after you've heard but some places from 67 on what was in song. But, right. but then again, you know, like I said, music scene cut out the word Christ. I'm pretty sure well, WABC in New York. They did. It they wasn't did. on their survey at all. Right. right. So their music survey and, and uh, right. the one in Chicago, the uh, LS WLS. Nothing. It was not yeah, there so either. I think for the first time the Beatles were not not in the survey. Right. Not in those two and, surveys. And, and, single. And also, and those two surveys, also, right. you know, it came out one month after the release of Get Back. It's, it's cutting off. Even though Get Back, like I said earlier, did go to number one, they'd waited just two months. You know, this could have maybe gone higher than number eight on the Billboard charts. But it went number one in England, and I think maybe they released it quickly because maybe John was had a little trepidation because Get Back was, was up there. Right. And if they released this, maybe it wouldn't get as much notification because Get Back was still way up here. And, so and maybe, also maybe it's, John it's, figured, okay, we can get by with this because and I could say Christ because people are still singing Get Back. But also what Tony said, That's I think, is, is, is a good yeah. point. You know, this is John's news at the time. This is like his little press release, except in a song. So I think that it works two ways. I mean, if you think about two Beatles songs within a month, this is like 1964 again. Well, I think that's, but again, I think to my point, that's maybe why it was two Beatles songs in a row, because they weren't putting them out very, very quickly at that point. You could bury the lead. You could bury the lead, exactly. You could bury the lead. And that's what I think John, and to your point also with the Christ, was it sabotage. I think by burying the lead, by putting it out so close to get back, they got away with it. And, 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 and I it think happened to do well in, the, in England. I mean, especially in England. If you remember, the Christ controversy wasn't that big in England at all. Not at all, Nothing. No. It was a matter-of-fact statement, and nobody yeah. cared. Yeah. It was only here in the United States that it was mm-hmm. big. So it goes correctly where it would only go to number eight here. Right. Maybe Christ kept it down. I don't mean Christ kept it right. down. The word, <laughs> Christ said, John, the song will not make number and one. And thus your single shall not be number one. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what Christ sounds like? I, I don't know. Now, Christ was probably like, yo, dude, something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Props for you for my me, name. But me you know, and my boys, going, we really like this me, song. Me and, I, me, and, me and my 12 dudes, we like we this song. We love that. Oh, sorry. Um, no. And we've just lost the Bible Belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it does serve that the it went to number one in England because they didn't care. 
They, Just like they, they didn't care three years prior. They, they were not as bothered as, as, as some other right. people. So, and we should say the cover featured really the five of them. It's the four Beatles. Yeah, and so Yoko, the picture Yoko is sitting on John's lap. Yeah. And the other yeah. around him. And to the point you know, of. Interesting placement well, of, p- of a to, wife. <laughs> to the, well, but to the point of back and forth, which we'll talk about Old Brown Shoe in a second, but someone said they don't look as happy on the A side picture sleeve picture. They don't. If you if you look at it, they're all kind of not that Yoko's in the picture. It could have been right. just they would, you know, could have been gas. Exactly. I mean, they all had a fart and they just couldn't right. until the right. until they took the old brown shoe picture. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that was their choice. No, that, that, but Linda took those both singles, pictures. Right. Linda took the ironic photos also. And, Linda, no, I, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, she took those pictures. So maybe they would just you know one of those poses. Maybe there's a set of eight of them and they're all happy and all seven. <laughs> and it just the burst happened to be that one and they picked it. Right. Who knows? Right. But they don't look as happy as in the flip side when you see them on old brown shoe, which Joe goes in again. Right. But just. In a better, you know, it could be they were was, smiling. Maybe it was supposed to be for Ballad of Johnny Yoko, and you know, it didn't matter which picture they chose, really. It's so weird because I'm torn because the B side picture, which we'll also get to, has an old brown shoe in the picture. Yeah, you told me that. I know, I but like, wow, but that makes me think that it was planned because if you're taking a picture of John and Yoko alone for the cover, right, without the other Beatles, obviously, that's apropos for the song. But not, if it's, but not if it's called the Beatles. So do you find a picture of all five of them and put it on and then happen to find one with a brown shoe in it for the picture? <laughs> it's weird. I don't no, know what that the, was probably I would a, have to. I would imagine that was a dedicated session for the for the single for the single. And, and you it was know, only I mean, two days later that, that. Well, George was back. I don't know when Ringo came back. So the, the thing about when was it released in June of 16. Okay, so it was recorded in April, so there were a few months to go. Okay. So was everybody married? At, yeah, of course. Paul got married at the same time yeah. as John did. Yeah. Right, All right, right, so, right. So, so at least they had a couple of months to do the single 45 picture sleeve. Right. The single was recorded that night, right. not released for a couple more months. All right, so it gives me better clarity that maybe, you know, Linda said, let's go to the garden and we'll take pictures for this release. And, you know, the truth Throw is, I mean, the, the song has a kind of happy-go-lucky bounce it does. And I, I do. I got to tell you, we've been talking about this off microphone, too. Everything you read compares it to Lonesome Tears in My Eyes, which is a song the Beatles did, BBC. Right. Um, and I get it. And there is a similarity there. There is a lot of similarity. But you know what, though? It's also Poison Ivy. And I, I know it's not similar in some ways, but if you listen to the bounce of it, it's Poison Ivy by the Coasters. And you pointed out, you both mentioned... The last five notes right. do, 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 do. Yeah, is that, the honeymoon that song. Yeah, that is the, yeah. the opening of the honeymoon song. Yeah, 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 right. It's the opening of the honeymoon songs, which is another Beatles BBC tune. So in a way, it was a continuation and, of the Let It Be sessions of them flashing back to their oldies. But also the, the you know, whole... Um, no one sued them for this one. Like the next thing, it's also very right. simple chords. You know, E to what A and B flat or it is, B, but, B7. But also, to think about the fact that, and I'm not trying to be, but we talk about the fact that Paul had become so dominant. Sometimes by default, on we should say, you know, by default. But if you think about how advanced and how intense John's songwriting got in '66 and 67 and how kind of adventurous he got as a writer mm-hmm. and even in 68 he was still doing interesting things with happiness as a warm gun but now all of a sudden he gets real derivative like a lot of everything I think coming it was around just the and, rushed bit it's the rushed bit but also you if know he had time to think i don't think this but, would have been the same but thing you're, but i don't know what was I don't know he, either. what else did he do during that period that was necessarily that yeah, Come Together was derivative. Come Together is derivative. I Want You, She's So Heavy is derivative. Well, I, he was lazy. He was getting lazy. Well, a lot of his songwriter. What was that, Dylan? I Want You, She's no, So Heavy. No, not I Want Just, You. No, no. I what, do with that. But the lick is creative. But it's three lines. I mean, but he turned. It's three lines. He turned. It's a great song. Oh, I know I'm not questioning that. No, but think about how Paul had a similar song with Why Don't We Do It in the Road. He did. Same thing. Three lines. Three lines. And it's a minute 40. John took the like same idea and made it into minutes. this colossus yeah, like, of a song. Yeah, but where I'm going is it's from a chords perspective. It's not original. He's not digging deep. 
for Ballad of Johnny Yoko. No, no, not That's at all. I mean, it's it's, it's you know, four chords or whatever. Right, and right. but the words are nice. You know, the words. The are, words are brilliant. You know, the, the line where he quotes Yoko is you know yeah. Is it really is good. the exact story. Yeah. That's all. And there's no like you no. don't have to fish for words. You no. just have to fish for a rhyme. Right. right. But right. not for words because it's it's the truth. So you're gonna right. you, all you do is really read what he wrote yeah. about the adventure. So and of course Peter Brown gets named name checked. It, name checked in it. He's Lived off that for a long time. You bet. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. So we are going to take a break after speaking about the Ballad of John Yoko. And we're going to go gather lilacs. Yes, we are. Oh, look at you. You did your research <laughs> for once. So we're going to go gather lilacs uh, and get an old brown shoe. What was that? <clears throat> Nothing. In about, well, you know, whenever we're back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. <laughs> Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. And we're back. We found the shoe. And it's going to drop. <laughs> Lord knows. It's a really big shoe. A really big shoe. We, uh, we were talking to Ed Sullivan and Charlie Chaplin, for those of you who try to get that joke. Nice. So anyway, uh, I know you're all in a rush to get that one. Whoo. Sorry, no. a gold rush. Oh, wow. You're Charlie so Chaplin funny. with the yeah. shoe. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, anyway. Thank you. That was, that was, I just thought that was I'd... black, though. So no, this next song. This next song. Recorded as a demo on February 25th. Yes, Along uh, with February twenty fifth, George's birthday. George's birthday, and he went in and did demos with, of all things, must pass something and Old Brown Shoe. And as all I mentioned on, earlier, I believe, uh, yes, all our anthology. And as I mentioned earlier, the Beatles actually passed on initially, but they had really hadn't recorded. Um, they they, they recorded, it, but they didn't record this. I mean, pass on. I think is the wrong word. I, I think. Well, they back burnered. They well, backburned the everything, everything of his. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it went on the refrigerator. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's nice, Georgie. We're going to put those on the refrigerator. Ringo's going, hey, mine's now being covered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, it's messed up, too, because, you know, here's the guy that he brought in within you, without you. And you know what? I'm sorry. I mean, maybe they gave, I won't say undue credit, but they gave all of the credit for within you, without you, it seems, to the Indian musicians. It was kind of like George brought it in, but you never hear or heard in follow-up interviews with Paul or John, George brought us within you without you, and it was amazing, and you know, and you like, you never heard any of that. It was always no, kind of like- you heard that. You never heard detail of the song. You never heard the Beatles talk about- Because the, they probably weren't, they weren't on it. They weren't on right, it. Right, but- you did hear after after the well, fact, much which kills yeah. me. I'm talking about you hear like jo- you know Paul going, you know, when he brought us within you without you, it was it yeah, was we kind of weird. We were weirded out a little, right? But right. then you know, it turns out you know in hindsight, 40, 50 years yeah. later, it's great. But, but you never the- hear them talking about like we were at the <laughs> session because we weren't. We were at the automat, or, right? You know. But it was also well, George didn't know learn how to write songs until something. 
Yeah, you know, I know, which makes which you go, oh, me. you know, while my guitar but that was the com- first one. But that oh, really while my comes guitar. out of George Martin, too. You know, George... Well, it also comes out of George. George always you know. says everything sucked before certain things. I mean, he never says, you know, well, I love uh, you like me too much. George but, Martin, you mean? No, I mean George, George Harrison. Harrison. But, but you know what? He never uh, said see, a lot of the stuff was great. But, but think he, about it. Hold it, guys. Right. Self-deprecating. Yeah. But yeah. Revolver, he had three songs on it. So, right. you know, I never... Something happened after that where he maybe he didn't have any more songs that he but, felt but was Beatles songs. But why is it? But it just gets me. Why in throughout the seventies, throughout the eighties, when they talked about George, the contributing songwriter, right? It was almost like his friggin' songwriting career starts at "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Well, that's the first one that got a lot of airplay, and it still gets a lot of airplay, right? And Clapton's on it, so that's much but, more to talk about. There you go. So to so and then something's is so one of the great were, songs ever. of all so time. Humorously Frank enough, they, they and I don't mean this to say, but they were so shallow as judges of songwriting quality. That if the song didn't get airplay and wasn't a hit single, it wasn't a great song? Maybe. They couldn't look at I Want to Tell You and say no. that was a great song. They're not looking at Georgia stuff, though. They're not. But that's what I mean. I agree with, so, that, part. So, I agree with that part. So John and Paul basically looked at it as, well, if he can't write a swimming pool, he's not really that Correct. strong a writer. But Maybe. It, but also it was expected that John or Paul or John and Paul would write the singles at the time. But Taxman uh, could have been a single. It could have been, but it was Oh, are wasn't. you kidding? I knew it wasn't, but it was a lead Taxman without the count-in would have been a flyaway single in the States, probably. Although, then again, the Taxman, Mr. Wilson, Taxman, Mr. Heath. But I think it's still- I don't think that matters. In, the, the, era, song. in the era of you know of, of the San Francisco music starting to take off and stuff like that, something like Taxman would have rocked as a single. There's so many songs that, that would have and, and, and you know, They, they always, in the studio, you know, Paul does the lead for Taxman. I don't right. mean to get off track, but what you said, he does the lead for it, and it's the opening of Revolver. I mean... But he didn't write anything good until exactly. Mama Guitar. Well, that's what I mean. You know, it's, wait a minute. But that's you, for a lot of writers and, and people who don't know anything. And, and if Taxman was released as a single, then the Beatle history is rewritten. As oh, far absolutely. as George is concerned. Yeah, I think so. Because then people yeah. say, George started writing incredibly for Taxman instead of the While My Guitars and the well, stuff. Right. Part of it is the single is the spotlight. So Okay, so let's, let's you know, throw this part out of it here. Too. Let's rewrite history again the other way. Yeah. Put McCartney in place of Harrison on these two singles. Then put him what happens- on one. All right, put him in place of even Old Brown Shoe Correct. and only give George something. Okay. Does George then become a, a fluke? No. That he got something no, and he because got because nobody Walmart. cares about Ooh. Old Brown Shoe, I mean, and I don't mean it that we don't care. Well, right. maybe you're I'm right. talking. To, it's maybe a B side. Right. Nobody cared about the B side. Okay, okay. I'm not saying no, it, not, I, I, to an extent. It's still a Beatles B side. It is a Beatles B side, but it's right. But until you've got the A side, and George, you know, so you're saying put Paul on the B side. Well, that means that okay. every John B side is no good because it's a okay. B side. Let's rewrite history again, then. Come together is the A side. Okay. Something's now the B side. Is George now relegated really to like the back shelf no. of Beatle history? Um, yes and no, because I think the beauty of the song, all the DJs were flipping records no matter what. See that? That's awesome because that's you hit something really kind of cool. It's now FM world, right? And even the AM stations were picking up some of the sensibility of FM, but also You've now and got that influence. Over. And maybe turning it over, and, and it's George, the Beatles. It w- it, but George also, would have been good no right. matter what. But also, the, you the know, beauty would have come out. Billboard right. also charted the B-side on their charts, which they stopped doing in 1969. Right. Or the end of 69, which is why something and Come Together have that weirdness, because it sort of happened in the middle of that. With yes. So, and I both think of those, them went to number one. Yeah, so I think, of that. I think that's part of the problem, is once Billboard stopped charting the B-side... Because you know, some people would play. You know, she's a woman. Went to number four. You know, well, yeah, I saw her standing there. Yeah, was in there like 20, 14, 14. whatever it was. Yeah. So I think that's part of it too. Because you, if a DJ flipped a, the disc, it meant something. And and I think once it became just the B side, it, it didn't. Right, they weren't uh, flipping Red Rubber much. Ball just get the B side of that. Right. And no offense to Red Rubber Ball or the Circle, but when it's the Beatles. You're going to flip it no matter what. Now, and when they flipped it a couple of years later with Let It Be, well, my goodness, they weren't playing You Know My hey, Name. Hey, let's just flip that one back. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're right. But, but it it happened with the, think single. about it. It happened oh. with the monkeys, too. They, you know, uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday words, uh, yes. I'm not your stepping stone, so, and, and yeah. I'm a believer. A- absolutely. Yeah. But, so, but it wasn't always, you know, the Beatles, 
name only went so far. So you could flip it because it was the Beatles, all right? Because you weren't flipping the 1910 Fruit Gun Company songs, but right. it was the Beatles. You'd flip they it had over. They some cool B-sides. I know they did, but that's <laughs> not what, what is it, three, four, five, red light, green light? Nice. No, so when you flipped over the Beatles, no matter which side you got on Come Together or something, it, it was great because one side was a rocker and one side was a ballad. You got bonus there. Because yeah, if true. both sides were a rocker, you may flip it, but I think you got both sensibilities, you know, for the lovers in the group and for the rockers in the, in the FM area. So right. that was a different one. But as far as Old Brown Shoe, the song itself, and Tony was making light of the whole We'll Gather Lilacs in an, uh, old, brown in an shoe. old Brown Shoe. That was from the 1965 Christmas message. That's true. But it's a duality song. George always said, I, the yin and yang, you know, the opposites of everything. And if you really read the lyrics, it totally is. Yeah. And, and people have even suggested it's sort of like, hello, goodbye. You say yes, I say no. Yeah, yeah. In a way. Could be, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think George did that on purpose. I think George was into that whole duality of life. So there's a great slide on it. A lot of the lyrics, could they be about the Beatles? Maybe. You know, got me escaping from this zoo. Yeah. You know, there's Oh, interesting. Never really thought of that. Right, sure. The Beatles. Uh, so you don't know. I mean, it could also be gobbledygook, like John said, come together was. You and know? Just, just a fun note, too. John, and this was always talked about, but when Apple put out the Mexican EPs yeah. in 1971, See? John did much of the selections oh. for those. Did he? I didn't know. Yeah, that. John actually sequenced those. Hi, Poppy. And uh, Old Brown Shoe was the leadoff of the Harrison, because he created, John made there was, two, Wasn't there an EP? There are two or three Harrison-only EPs Harrison only, that, yeah. that John put together, and Old Brown Shoe is the leadoff. But like one of them has, I think, of, Old Brown Shoe and I Need You or something. No, it's it's this one is Old Brown Shoe, Blue Jay Way, Long, 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 and Savoy Truffle. That's a great EP. That's a tremendous EP. I thought there was one that was kind of weird, there and is I a, Need That you is the one. There's a weird one, yes. There's a weird one, yes. too. But, and, and that's why the Mexican ones were really fun. I they didn't really know fun. that at all, actually. Uh, yeah, there's some yeah, fun John George was, only and John was asked to to sequence those in like I think Klein asked him to do it and he dashed off notes for what he thought would make for and, great and, and, and George somewhere used. in England is oh somewhere in England <laughs> is going now you're gonna do it right <laughs> now, now, you, all now I'm great yeah now I'm great it's like why yeah, Mexico, why Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> and by then John and George were were working together much yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's maybe George nice. even had a hand in that he said he what, do might, yeah, yeah, what do you want yeah what do you want what do you want they've asked me to do it what do you want uh, well we won't put any pool on <laughs> just for snitching giggles let's make one that's all me all me yeah. and then all Ringo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is an old Ringo one actually but it is a very underrated song. You know what? I'm not saying it could have been an A-side because it's George and Old Brown Shoe. I mean, if it was called but, something no, different. No, I think this could have been definitely it, an A-side. It may have I, been. I love, been it when he does, I love it oh. when he does it live. I love when he does it. And I'm sorry, man. On the record, I mean, that lead oh. guitar parts, that's one of his best. blinding. One that of his best. so yep. Yep. stunning. That as far as, jo- and he does another one for the next single. Yeah, yeah. But, he, but this one is really good. Well, this one is he... But he, is he he rips into this. But is he it, playing bass as well? That's the question. That's the big mystery it, yes. of life. I have found it, it's, you. I've read it as Paul. Then I've read. But George oh no, said George, that it, it was, it was him. him. He it's said him it was me messing around. Paul's bass. Well, but, no. See, I don't, so the, my problem with that is it doesn't sound like a George Harrison bass line. That's the we problem. don't know what a George Harrison bass line sounds like. Well, it sort of reminds me of a Paul McCartney bass line. Well, it's a very. Busy. It's, it's very busy, and it's that opening's heavy-handed, and that's a Paul. But George said it. Yeah. Well, the reporter said that, yeah, but yeah. in 87 or something, the reporter said to George, you know, and Paul was going nuts with the bass, and he said, no, that was actually me going nuts on then, the bass. Then, right. So, did, did he but Paul take Paul said Paul it was, off? Or what? Yeah, you know, we know John was sort of taken off. Well, well, he definitely was taken yeah. off. It. But I didn't Paul realize... is very actively participating yeah. in the song, right. though, in right. Old Brown Shoe. But he's, singing, background and he's singing his ass off yeah. in the background. But, but supposedly, it and, and I'm going to, I'm going off like a other sources here. So, but supposedly John is on there, not on anything because he was wiped off the track because he was originally on rhythm guitar, right. and George put the organ on Hammond. But he's on piano though, isn't John on piano, or uh, who's on the piano bit? See, that's the part I'm not sure of, because I've read that, too, and he added that, was, that after the rhythm guitar yeah, part. Yeah, I thought that's John on piano, but because it's a very John piano part. It is a very, but it's not very a muted piano. under the... Under the it's very low. you hear it. It is very low. It's, it's not as prominent as maybe you want it. 
A remix would be nice on that. Listen to yeah. the very beginning. Did it? I'm not. Okay. No, no, he's not on. It's no, it's Hammond organ was played by George because he wiped out the rhythm guitar played by John. John right. is on it only for harmony vocals. So who's on piano? I'm going to find out. Third bass. <laughs> But I don't really hear John's <laughs> vocals on that song. I don't either. So No, you are right about that. It, you don't hear, you're right. It's barely there. You don't there. hear John's if, vocals. If he's so there, John, he's oh, barely there. Tack Piano was Paul McCartney. Okay. Oh, it is. That's so it's, just, so it's I only, take that back. No, but really, it's, it's, I don't even hear, I, I was listening again last night very intently to hear John's harmony. I think you can hear him and Paul singing that together, but I always thought that was totally Paul. I thought so, too. I always thought that was Paul. It's, also. It says, you know, again, we, I would love to hear what Mark Lewison says about it, because he's heard them all, yeah. and maybe you could hear it more clear if you're doing it, putting down... All the, Mark Lewison ever says is, I heard part of a light, and you haven't. <laughs> he never said it like that's, that. No, I'm sorry, no, he doesn't, because that's not a bit like Lewison. <laughs> not a bit like Cagney. <laughs> exactly. We love you, Mark. But... Um, <laughs> he stopped listening a while ago. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so is everybody. He's sitting throwing stuff at him. Very easy. He listens to us He's in like, the bath. Neither right. the yes, bastards that, are doing uh, it again. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. that, that, um, that vision, Tony's, by the way. Tony's done another uh, another accent. I'm turning it off. Well, if that was the case. <laughs> no, that's busking. Yeah, well. <laughs> he but, doesn't even get my British accent right. That's very true. We love but again, you, he, I think they could have waited two days for George to come back uh, to do the other song, but, the A-side, but it's a very, very good song. It's so underrated in the Beatles catalog because it's called Old Brown Shoe, because it's a B-side. I really think this is one that I, I don't remember hearing a lot when I was a kid, so I'm not sure, that, you know, if they got the ballad of John Yoko, I heard that a lot. But I'm I'm almost positive no one was flipping it over to right, hear right. Old Brown Shoe. I was thinking, about, you know, this song sort of is like an orphan because they didn't even think about putting it on Abbey Road. You know, they had recorded "I Want You, She's So Heavy," which is sort of waiting to be put on Abbey Road. This easily could have been put on but Abbey there, Road. Too. But, but mind you, it would have been a different album. But there is that reflection one. of that mentality too that I was mentioning that John talks about. Maybe John is now in this frame of mind that, hey, man, we can dash off a single. Let's Because was John aware of the fact in a way that the world had changed, the music industry had changed? We weren't 45-centric anymore. We weren't single-centric. So now with John's comments to Paul about, well, why didn't you save that for a single? Maybe John was looking at the singles as throwaways. So we'll do my ballad of John and Yoko, which is a throwaway. Can't put that right. on the album. That that has no place on the album. And George, you got that old brown shoe tune. Bang, we'll bang that off too. Bang, single. So the single was now. It was that idea that the single wasn't a career moving. You well, know. I, you know what? I would say yes, except for the fact that John released a lot of forty fives that didn't have homes on albums until the Greatest Hits album. So, oh, in the seventies, oh, yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, yeah. if he'd given up or knew about that, about you know the forty-five is changing, he didn't pick up on it because he released a lot of forty-fives that didn't end up anywhere else. But, he, but a know? lot of those forty-fives, if you think about it, it was that idea that they were news blips. Power to the people, instant yeah. karma. It was Give keeping up with that. It was just like piece of chance. John it was Yoko. keeping Good up with that, that snapshot. Bang! Get it out. Like that's the forty-five. The album is going to be a testament. Is going to be a solid piece but of concrete also were, that will stand. They were the also 45s, under the effect that well, the forty-five is that British thing where you, you know it's a separate thing. You don't put on the album like the Americans do until we get to the next one. Well, anyway. of course. Right. So that's I think part of it too. It's. The British thing where we don't put the 45 on the album. Now, mind right. you, there was times that that didn't happen where they actually it was on both the album and the 45. Yes, but right. as Tony alluded to, the next one, actually having the single on the album heard it. But it did. Hurt the sales? Yeah. yeah of of the Abbey single? Road? Of the no, single. No, of the single. Oh, oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. No, it did. But it, it, it did. It's the most popular, one of the two popular singles they ever had. Or song, mm, single well, but yeah, from yeah, a chart but perspective, it, it went number one. Better. It could have, well, it could have stayed. It could have stayed. It could have oh, had more legs, but that's true. Going back to going back to Old Brown Shoe, though, one thing that has always uh, 
perplex me from a lyrical standpoint. Uh huh. Oh, sweet top lip, I'm in the queue. Well, no, that I love that for your sweet I didn't top understand lip, I'm in the queue. I love that. I was a kid and didn't understand what the word Q meant. Yeah. So I didn't. I'm in the queue. What? I thought Do you it was want to hear Q. The story. Well, well uh, sure. About Let him finish his well, well, thing. Well, what what I was going to say was that you know Ringo has his early 1970 where he mentions each of the guys. But what's the whole thing of George with, if I grow up, I'll be a singer, wear rings on every finger, um, won't worry about what they or you say? Like there's Maybe he a, was going to give it to Ringo? Maybe he was going to give it to Ringo. Maybe he was going to give it to Ringo. I always hear that, and I always laugh, and I'm always like, if I grow up, I'll be a singer, wear rings on every finger. What, like That's a cute <laughs> as hell line. I mean, that's a funny bit right there. Well, you know, it's we'll funny if you... Or you say, you know, <clears throat> who knows, maybe you make... I mean, it's a great it's, line. It's funny if you if you think about it the way you just said it, but I've never thought about it like that. Because you always just sing it and you think, it, okay, it's it, right. about a it famous could, guy. It could have been... Maybe he was just saying famous because you'll think of rings on, you know... Maybe right. he's just filler lines and he just never filled it. You know, that could be too. It's, it's or maybe of, he filled it with a, yeah. a tongue-in-cheek about Ringo. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if George worked that way. That's uh, that's a John... Well, 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 that... Well, we get to something, out this could, right. You know what? Right. Would it have been a... The same B-side if it was Ringo singing it? I want to love that's right and right no, as no, I don't Well, he wouldn't have done it like that. His balls didn't drop yet. I mean, <laughs> come on. No, but would, it, but would it have been effective as a Ringo vocal? No. Why not? Because it's It's not, still got the, you know, the, the driving... I want a short-haired girl who sometimes wears it twice as long. It's still... It would have well, been a cute... It would have been a cute ringo Because it, it would have been, been like a childlike thing, but because yeah. it's George, I always think of the the yin and yang yes, duality. George, but becomes, if it was Ringo, it's a kid song. I right. Don't, I don't know. Let, let me tell my quick story. Years ago, I was part of this George Harrison tribute, and it was all these musicians, and each one sang a song or two, and I said, I want to sing, because I knew the guys, and I said, I want to sing Old Brown Shoe, because it's in my range. And when we get to the third line about the Q line, what you were just mentioning, mm-hmm. I looked at the words, and I said... These words are wrong. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm literally standing there. And what did you think it was? I don't know. I phonetic. Just, it was phonetic. And, 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 right, exactly. And the bass player, Thank Tom Cavanaugh, starts singing in my ear to get me going. He goes, I paused on stage. I'm like... <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Then I sang the rest of it. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, because well, when but, I was a kid, I didn't know what Q meant. It's, it's, right. it it's, 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 it's not, not mellifluous. Yeah, it doesn't not flow. It doesn't flow like the rest of the song. It has like I mean, yeah, the rest is a, it, and it's almost Dillish. In, in the way he sings that line. It's, yes. And, and yeah, he'd be hanging, yeah. He just was hanging out with Dylan back Thanksgiving of 68. Dylan, that's a really good point. That is a very Dylan-ish You could have done anything to rhyme with ooh. You know, because that's what it is. No, I mean, it yeah, no, no, doesn't have to be for your sweet top lip, I'm in the queue. For your top lip, I'm in the queue. But it's it would have been easy to sing even. Yes, but for your sweet top lip, I'm in the queue. That's a fun line, It's a though. fun it's line if you knew what it means. If you know what it means. If you know what it means. Yeah, but everyone in England knew what it meant. Yes, but not everybody here did. Yeah, but you know what? Screw us, which is we, the Americans. But it's, but it's not like... We're uh, just the dirty Americans, the unwashed masses. spells out, man. You know, that took us 40 years to figure out. You know, but that's a line we don't know about. We don't care about, you know? It's, so, like, it's like hearing the word Mac. So you know, well, that's true. <laughs> and the banker never wears a Mac. Right, What's the a banker Mac? never wears a Mac. I right. Now they think it was a computer. If you ever saw the original sheet music, they put an asterisk and said raincoat. Raincoat, I know, yeah. And the banker never wears a PC. Raincoat, raincoat, raincoat. He wears a Commodore. A wang. He wears a wang. <laughs> wow. Ooh. And the banker never wears a wang. <laughs> now all the computer kids are all going, going what? I love them. What? All the computer geeks going, I love them. They mentioned Commodore, Wang, in the in one podcast. Oh, my God. It's what about Atari? Geeks. Oh, no, that wasn't a computer. We just charted on the computer podcast. <laughs> Anywho... But so, could have, it could have been a bigger single, yeah. But maybe. also, it wasn't short. It didn't short because they stopped. Billboard stopped uh, doing that. Right. And John also right. says he was responsible for this as a B side. I could see that. No, he does. So that's yeah, going that's back to the odd though. But he said it. So going back your point, Rob. You know, I don't know if Paul conceded. Well, maybe John said, you know what, I want this to be the B-side because it's kind of cool. And, you know, at the time, what would have been the B-side of Paul's that would have replaced it? Nothing. I'm nothing. He's really, they weren't, he what wasn't was it? The they weren't right. Well, well at this time, it was. this was after the Let It Be sessions. Yeah, but they were ready to do Abbey Road. So right, ready to do Abbey Road. Right. And so they right. could have taken something that they were doing from, oh. from those sessions. But, but there was nothing in the can, really, so to speak. Really. 
what would there have been? There wasn't, know. but Paul had already written She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. He wrote but, a lot of songs, actually. But, but you're not... And She Came In Through the Window had already have been? gone to Joe Cocker. Wait a minute. How funny would... If he would have had that as the B-side, the full song, people would have thought it meant Yoko came in through the bathroom window. No. I'm not, I'm not I joking. Yeah. I don't think that... If, yeah. if you just had the B-side yeah. of the ballad nah, of John Yoko so. and she as came John into the... As John said, he goes, well, maybe it was Linda. Yeah. He did say that. No, but I'm not saying who it was. I'm just saying if you put it as the B-side and you have this whole story about John and Yoko and then you have a song that refers to she... I, Yoko was I, I on the know. pitch just I, leaving I, in the I, single. I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't Thank know. you. I, 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 we'll I put think that on the refrigerator. <laughs> if, if you listen to the, we'll the, that idea an, on what's the now on the anthology three version of She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, I understand. Window, it's too slow, and I understand a why. A bloody spoon, a bloody spoon. I, I understand why it wasn't released until they made it into the medley, which sort of shortened it and, and, and gave made it, some, it, yeah. it, gave it some guts. Yeah. Some so, cojones. Yeah. It was nice to see George Harrison get another B-side, you know, in a light and then this, and then he gets a double A with something. Well, what you know, would they, what, that's what, a good point. I didn't even think of that. I mean, we, yeah. we what would started he have gotten? with Old Brown Shoe, but you're right. right. Inner Light was... No, was, but it was. But the the A-side was a pull. It was, but where I'm I'm just saying is, we would talk about John George, John George. Yes, and, yes, absolutely. But where I'm going is still, there's another little tie-in into this, was yeah. that what was in between Lady Madonna, Hey Jude and Revolution, right? Yes, Lady Madonna, yes. Inner Light, then Hey Jude, Revolution. So you, you had that one-two punch that Paul John, essentially almost a double A side, really both promo films. What both, do you? So what do but you? But you put, had the inner light right before right. that. So what does so, Lady Madonna get back with? Inner light. Then no, if it's not the B side of George. Wow. No, 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 you know, the problem I'm just was saying. The, the, no, I understand what you're saying. The but problem I'm with Lady Madonna was is that they recorded Hey Bulldog at the end of the sessions, and they'd already made the decision to promote Lady Madonna. That's the problem. No, but would and also so then is a bulldog the B side? Well, I mean, it depends. They made their decision after they recorded the song, and then they came they in to do the video, the movie, or the promotional film, and then Hey Bulldog gets recorded. It's like this is the best thing they've done in a lot while. Uh, and really, I love that song. But you know, maybe across the universe, maybe they sit down and say, "Let's actually." Maybe you know, but work but on maybe, but George's was done, right. and and like didn't go on anything until you know, right. And, right. and we should say so in America, not, not do, you know, do You Want to Know Secret was released as an A-side, so um, well, totally label. Totally. No, well, yeah, actually, we're going I know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, no, but I'm just saying, but compared to this era, oh, yeah, that's, not, that's not, prehistoric. I'm just saying, I'm just talking about you know, placement yeah. on singles. So to, you so, yeah. know, to end up this And part, Roll Over Beethoven was an A-side in Canada. Right. So, Which yeah. Was I mean, the first single, actually. Right. So, the B-side, we have the happier looking Beatles with a brown shoe in the garden, taken by Linda again. Uh, a very interesting A-B, considering the next one we're going to talk about right. in, in the next show. Right. I think it's interesting combo. Nowadays, you know, back then, it was a weird single for the Beatles. Again, very quickly it's released the, after Get Back. It's in the middle. It's, it reminds me of the West Wing episode where they... Um, it was a lockdown in the White House, and they, would, um, they said this wasn't going to count as part of the continuing story. Yes. There was a guy who was questioned about terrorism, but it's not really part of the story, but it's... Well, it's, it's almost it, like for your Star there. Wars geeks, because we've already gone into Beetle Geeks and computers. Yes. For Star Wars people, it's almost like Rogue One. You don't have to see it to understand the whole movie's sequences, yeah. but well, you, you did see it. Well, again, this is sort of like the Rogue One, this single. It's Beatles. It's so quickly put out after right. Get Back. So it was like Rogue One. And I'm only comparing it because, not because Star Wars, but because yeah, I, something. My brain hurts right no, now. No, but no, something periphery. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But isn't that the entire Beatles story in, no. in the UK? No. I mean, in the no. UK. No. They had. All right, no. then. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> no, damn it. Wow. No. I know. You I listen know. to me. You wow. listen to me. No, no, really. This single, again, because it was, it's not 1964 where they put out five singles, six, right. seven, seven singles, and throw it up there and whatever sticks in right. the charts, and it right. did. The Beatles were a lot more calculated now, and they were calculated with this single, too, because they were threw they, it out there on purpose. You know, this, right, this, this, so wait. it's a periphery. It's, but I'm just saying, as a listening experience, you know, you're getting the get back and don't let me down. The next single is Come Together and Something, which were two big songs in the Beatles' history. So was Ballad of John and Yoko, but this song, when you have this single, it was like, okay, they gave us another single really quickly. It's not the greatest of songs. I'm not saying they're not great in hindsight. I don't know. At the time, it was different. 
Battle of John Yoko was very different with the Christ and everything. And then the B-side was, quote, a throwaway. Now you look at them differently because that's what we do. But back then, it was almost like a periphery single I, at that time. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't agree in a way because it's... Well, you could not agree. No, but I'm mean, just saying it's kind of like... I hate you. Get Back and Don't Let Me Down was a was an anomaly, too. I oh, mean, I don't think no, so. No, no, but, but where I'm going is we make it sound like things really changed. But, again, they didn't for a time being because it was like... Okay, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, granted, mind-blowing, changed the path of the Beatles, changed everything. But before that, you had the the one-off singles, Day Tripper Week and Work It Out. You had, I don't know. But it yeah, didn't but happen in America because we had, the I won't say crappy, but we had the crap afterthought compilations yesterday and today and blah, blah, blah. I love them, don't get me wrong, but yes. I'm just saying... They were in they their history, their in the Beatles catalog. Yeah. Right. They weren't real catalog as far as the Beatles were concerned. So all those singles in the UK that get compiled later, they were all Rogue One. Maybe. You know, so where I'm going is that Ballad of Johnny Yoko was was no different than Get Back, Don't Let Me Down. Get Back, Don't Let Me Down showed up later in their history because Let It Be was a compilation. But of, uh, of one, And even Don't Let Me Down wasn't you know until what, you June. Know I, so any Beatles single that was a non-LP was a Rogue One. I, I, I'm just saying the way. speed of it and the non-like popular, even though popular one number one in England, right? But, right. but I th- the speed that this one was put out at that time, you know, why, along with the you know, okay, throwaway kind of stuff. You know what had changed? With all due respect to them, the what? Beatles were not a teeny bopper band anymore. The Beatles were not strictly a singles attraction anymore. The albums were way more interesting. The singles audience for the Beatle had grown up and started to buy albums or had dropped off like my sister I, did when I, they grew I their hair. I disagree, too. No, but, but, but come I, But on. I know what you're saying. Beatle, Beatle the, singles, the, the, the charts hey couldn't Jude tolerate. Revolution was a huge single. But where I'm going is... But and hey so Jude was Get Back. Is so the, was Something Come Together. But the charts couldn't tolerate... Two Beatles singles lasting forever and ever and ever and ever in the not like the they time. could in '64 because there right. was a, a, but, a craving for but, Beatles at that right. time. But Beatles and, song, and there was less competition. You know, but in, songs in terms didn't is, stay on the charts as long. Hey Jude stayed on the chart for 19 weeks. I was like the biggest thing they ever did. Yes, and then yeah. come together something was 16. You know what the ballad John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe to me is, and if you look at the history of the Beatles, we know sometimes the Beatles had problems communicating with each other in different ways. I think this single was sort of unspoken, an unspoken way to say, hey, let's maybe try to stick with what we got here. Let's be nice to each other. Paul works on the ballad of John and Yoko with John, because, and it's a John song. It's all about John and Yoko, no one else. But he it comes was- in and, and helps him out and gets the song done in the day. Two days later, they record a George Harrison song, give him the B-side, and I think there was a certain communication, though the Beatles sometimes didn't communicate well, to say, let's maybe stick together. This is something we can still do. Maybe. And then they went and did Abbey Road, which had its own good and bad dramas to it. Dramas yeah. to it. But this, I think, in the middle of this is their way of saying, you know what, George, you're going to have a B-side because uh, I'm John and I want you to have it. You know, and Paul's helping out John, knowing that he's hanging out with Yoko all the time and in, in right. his whole life. Well, that brings right. us back to exactly what you said in the beginning. Right. So. But I, th- I think it's a non-communication way. You know, okay. it's not like they wrote it all down. So no, well, <laughs> you know. right. It wasn't calculated. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. You're I think right. it was. They were just trying You're to. Right. You know, they were friends, and things had gotten out of hand earlier in the year, and you know, they maybe want to try to figure it out. So John and George have a single. As the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Beatles have a single with John and George. What's going to happen next? I don't know. I wonder. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? When will we find that out? Next episode, we'll find out. Well, Join us I, next week. I have one more Tune thing in. to add. We always know you do. When he did Instant Karma, I think he learned from Ballad of John and Yoko that if he's going to record something this fast and it's like coming out of him like lightning, the single itself is going to come out faster than the two months it took from the recording to the release of Ballad of John and Yoko. Instant Karma, from the time he well, wrote it... came out the next it, day, wasn't it? Like, like almost pretty much, a week. Was oh, a week yeah, was right. Week. Um, but, I mean, you know, when I say yeah. next he, day... I mean, he did it that quickly, and it got out a week later. You know, this was two months. As, and as you said, this is the news newsman John, so to speak. Yeah. But he's talking about himself. So I think he sort of learned from this, and then when he got to Instant Karma, he said, I want it out even faster. So, so quick question. If the Beatles had broken up and they all still stayed friends... 
at that time. And right. I know George and you know, Paul, meaning. And John was doing Instant Karma, and he was hanging out with Paul still. You, is Paul on that single? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Just something to think about. It. It's kind of, no, it's, I know he is, but right. he was recording with George everything, you know, hanging with George a lot. I think, that would have been kind of cool. I think well, he the, didn't record with George really until, I imagine, Ringo was hanging out on the everything. drums for Plastic it's, Ono Band. It's really interesting because you just brought something up that made me think of an idea, and I know maybe we've all thought it, maybe, but had to do going back to what something Rob said earlier in the show, is that I don't think that Alan Klein broke up the Beatles, but... To your point, Rob, in a really big way, I think Alan Klein destroyed the Beatles. I think that had the Beatles broken up in a natural way without Klein being in the mix, which they were on the way, which they would have, yeah, they would have, and they and they, had they talked about before Klein. Comes they the would have stayed friends at least, and you would have had. Solo records. Hey, come with, on in, yeah. Hey, oh, look at that. Yeah. Paul's on bass. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. John showed up to do some. Yeah, I think that the future would have played incredibly dif- I differently. I don't know, but I agree with in regards to John and Paul. Not so sure with Paul and George. Ma- maybe not. Because maybe at, by, not. by that time, I mean, he already walked out before Klein Absolutely. was really getting involved. But, but you know what? He was if, fed up with the Beatle thing and Paul. But you know what? Had the Klein thing but, not happened. And John was doing instant karma, and he called, and Paul was close by, and, he's, and then he called George in and said, George wouldn't have walked in the door, seen Paul, and said, oh, ish, and walked Correct. out. But I think you're right. Klein destroyed the future. Yeah. I, Probably. I, I think yeah. that's it. Anyway. So. All right. So uh, we have been talking about the John and George A.B. side for the Beatles of uh, Battle of John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe. We will be back next week. We're going to come together next and talk about episode something. and talk about something. Yeah, so oh, on our next oh, episode. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> ironic because we're not. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I think it's been a pretty insightful show, and I hope the next one is well as well. It is will as be, well. Oh, it definitely will be because, you know, I'm not going to be here. So for the Fab Four Free For All, I have been your moderator, Mitch Axelrod, and joining me as they always do are Rob Leonard and Tony Chiguardo and be sure to listen next time take care Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Chiguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York the opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.